0: Life Audio. Radical acceptance unlocks the joy of surprise. Accepting who we are in Christ actually unlocks us to be present enough to experience God's lavish gift-giving through joy and peace and the surprises that He gives of His presence each and every day. Merry Christmas everyone! It's How to Stay the Bible and it's right after Christmas and I hope that it has been a time of joy and that in the midst of what maybe feels hurried or maybe even anxious or maybe even lonely. Sometimes we can feel lonely even in the midst of a lot of people because of our own expectations of what we desire from the time. But in the middle of all that, I pray that there has been a time for you to take a deep breath, to inhale and exhale the goodness of God, to fix your mind on things above, not on things below, and to actually experience the goodness of our Savior coming and really to be able to ask yourself the question, what does the gospel mean to me? What does it mean to me that Jesus was born a baby and that we celebrate that each Christmas? And I think that we are in a constant relationship with our faith, where we're growing, we're changing. And as we change, we engage with God differently. And so I I pray that even if you've been following God for a long time, that you might stop and say, what does the birth of Christ mean to me? We're going to look at what the birth of Christ meant to our last lady in the lineage today, the story of Mary, Jesus's mother. And this is a woman who, you know, we are going to discover is surprised by God and responds in a certain way that shifts her perspective and, you know, has ramifications to us and the way that we engage. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter one, starting in verse 28 today. inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. This is the story of how Mary came to be pregnant with Jesus. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Whoa, let's stop here (laughs) and say, whoa, can you imagine dealing with this surprise? So out of nowhere, an angel appears to Mary. We know that she was greatly troubled. We know all in scripture that anytime angels appear, people are freaked out. They are scared. They fall on their face. They're like, oh my gosh. I mean, we just have to know that seeing an angel is not like a small thing to have happen. And it's terrifying, And so this angel comes to Mary and she's troubled at what he says, but he gives these sort of promises that we're going to build on today that you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. And I think that when we deal with surprises of all kinds, we get to see from Mary what happens with this surprise. Her life is interrupted. She shows curiosity at the greeting. And then there's acceptance right away in verse 38 that says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. So this is the story of how she finds out that she's going to be pregnant with Jesus, even though she's never been with a man. And this crazy thing's going to happen. And she's going to be the one who carries the most high God. And she goes through this process of asking a few questions and coming to acceptance about what the angel has said to her. So Mary handles this surprise in a certain way. And I think we can ask ourselves, how do we handle surprises? What do we do when things defy our reality? And really, the whole story of Jesus defies our reality. The fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he did all of these miracles. All of this can feel so fanciful to our reality But God operates in a different kind of reality, and as we open our eyes to see how God moves in our lives, we realize that things are not always as they seem, and we are not the boss of the world, and we are not the ones who understand how everything works, and God is the one who understands how everything works, and God has given us a story, and He's given us a life in His Son, Jesus, that we get to follow, that really... Jesus's life shows us what it looks like to live in communion with God and to live in love with other people. And we can spend our whole lives following Jesus's way and learning the ways of Jesus before we meet him face to face. So what's the backstory on Mary? Like, how was it that Mary handled this situation the way that she did? Because we know if you're reading through the Christmas narratives, we know that the story of the high priest Zechariah is almost the opposite of What Mary does an angel also appears to Zechariah to tell him that him and his wife Elizabeth are going to have a child in their old age and Zechariah does not seem to believe the angel and he is stricken mute. <laughs> he is not allowed to speak until his son is born. Here we have Mary with an angel also appearing to her also telling her about a miraculous birth. She also has questions but clearly her posture toward the angel is different because there's an acceptance of what he has said and obedience That we see in mary so what do we know about mary what what kind of woman was she that that this was her response to this interruption by this angel so a couple of things we know we know that mary knew scripture because she's going to sing this hymn of praise after the angel appears to her after she discovers that she's going to be the mother of god and this hymn of praise that she sings is a compilation of a lot of psalms So Mary was a woman who was familiar with Scripture, and we see that come out of her heart in this moment. We know that she was faithful all through her life because she appears over and over again through Jesus's life. And at the end of her life, she's among the believers that have gathered to, you know, follow Jesus after his death and resurrection. In Acts 1, verse 14, this is the last time we see Mary mentioned. This is after Jesus's life, after his resurrection after he ascends to heaven it says they all met together this means the disciples and followers of jesus they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with mary the mother of jesus several other women and the brothers of jesus very interesting mary is not venerated she's not held up necessarily she just she's just in community with the other believers who believed who Jesus was. So at the beginning of her life, she's an ordinary woman. At the end of her life, she's basically an ordinary woman, but she has this divine interruption and this surprise in her life. And the way she handles it, I think, teaches us a lot about how we can move through life. So a couple of things that we want to know about Mary and keeping with the theme of the women in Jesus's lineage, Mary had no qualifications for being chosen. Uh, the, the other women, you know, the first three women in Jesus's lineage weren't even Israelites All of them have backstories. They all have these things that you might think would be disqualifiers for being chosen, but there are no qualifications for being chosen. God looks at the heart and God has a plan and he uses his people in that plan. And so here we have Mary, this unwed teenager who will be the one who is the vessel for Jesus's birth. And it's a beautiful story of the good news that actually starts right here. Everything about The good news of Jesus begins in this message from the angels. Let's look at it. He says, you are highly favored. So in the context of the world, Mary was not highly favored. And when we think about what makes someone highly favored, we tend to think of examples we have of people who are highly educated, who come from the right families, who look a certain way, who have the gift of charisma or popularity. And that's not what Mary is at all. She found favor with God, not dependent on anything That she could do. Dependence and or finding favor with God is about what God has decided for his people. In Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses six through eight, it says, The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. And at the time, this is in the Old Testament, God is talking to His people, the Israelites, and He's explaining to them who they are. And he says, You're a treasured possession. It's not because you're more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping an oath that he swore to your fathers. And what was given through the Israelites then in Deuteronomy is passed to everyone as Jesus enters the world. It's passed to everyone through Mary, through Jesus. Galatians, which is in the New Testament, repeats this promise, and it says that God redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham, that's the one we read about in Deuteronomy, might come to the Gentiles. That's you and me, unless you're Jewish, you're a Gentile. Everyone else is a Gentile. Everyone else was given this promise through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. You are highly favored because God has chosen you. God is the one who chooses us. He chooses to extend his love to us, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his desire alone. The next thing that the angel says to Mary is that the Lord is with you. Matthew 1, verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. This is the next good news of this promise that was first given through the angel to Mary, is that God is with us. We aren't alone. We aren't isolated. God knows us. There is great power in being with us when we wait in hospital emergency rooms with our family members, even though we can't do anything to speed healing or bring help. But we wait there anyway, because there's something about the power of with that is so important to us as human beings. So Mary receives this promise that she's highly favored. She receives this promise that the Lord is with you. And then she responds with, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. She has this calling on her life, which is that you are the Lord's. Everything about our life sets us up to believe that we are what we do, we are what we have, or we are what others think of us. But our true self, the true calling that God's placed on our life is exactly what Mary says here. I am worthy. I am the Lord's, which means I belong to someone and I am the Lord's servant. I have purpose in my life. The false self says you are what you do. You are what you have. And you are what others think of you. But the true self, the identity that God's given to us, the promise of the gospel, the good news that we first see given to Mary through this angel is that you are worthy, that you belong, and that you have purpose. I am, I am the Lord's, I am the Lord's servant. Living in our true self is about accepting who we are based on what God has decided, not on what you have decided. Because it's God who goes before us and decides to place his love upon us. Ephesians 1 says this, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ. And he takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Listen to this. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Now, that was the message version that I read you. That's a modern paraphrase, but just a few things within that. Just the intention that's given there that, that God had plans for you. That he made plans so that you could celebrate the gift giving of his son, the blessing of his son, that he wanted you to be a part of that, that he had you in mind, that he wanted to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. That is the gift that we have in Christ. And it's the surprise of the gospel. The surprise of the gospel is that it's for us, that it's for us to have a new identity and a new purpose, that Jesus came to lay down his life for us so that we might be made whole and we might be made holy. So what does this mean for us today? What does it mean for you moving out of the Christmas season? And this is what I wrote. Accepting the incredible surprise of the good news means releasing control. Accepting this surprise of the good news means releasing the hands that you put around this idea of the false self that says that you are what you have, you are what you do, You are what others think of you. Radical acceptance is believing like Mary believed that when that angel said to Mary, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And when Mary responded with, I am the Lord's servant, that same invitation is open to each of us. There was nothing special about Mary. She wasn't qualified in any certain way. We know at the end of her life, Mary was among the believers, that same Favored status is the status that's afforded to all of us through Jesus Christ. The question is, are you willing to release control? Are you willing to release the narrative and the definition of who you are and embrace this beautiful, true definition that in Christ you are worthy, that you belong, and that you have purpose? Because that is the gift that is given. The second thing I think we can learn here is that radical acceptance unlocks The joy of surprise. Accepting who we are in Christ actually unlocks us to be present enough to experience God's lavish gift-giving through joy and peace and the surprises that he gives of his presence each and every day. Listen to what Mary said in her Psalm of Praise. She said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Can you imagine singing a song of praise where you are able to say with full belief that the mighty one has done great things for you? Because God desires to lavish his gifts upon you, his gifts of peace, his gifts of forgiveness, his gifts of healing. His gifts of joy and of purpose, all of that is for you. You are able to say, like Mary said, the mighty one has done great things for me. And that is a beautiful way to bring glory to God. When you live your life from that place, you bring glory to God. So what does it mean for you? What sets Mary apart is her radical acceptance to God's invitation. And what defines us as children of God is our radical acceptance to that same invitation. Radical acceptance in your life looks like this. God has not given up on me, no matter how I feel. It's believing that to be true. Radical acceptance means I do not need to try harder. I do not need to try harder to win God's love because God's love is already here with me. And finally, my pain and struggle is not wasted because God is a redeemer. My true self is about saying, I am worthy. I belong because I'm the Lord's. And I have purpose because I'm the Lord's servant. What a beautiful picture of what it looks like to live fully accepting God's calling on your life, God's goodness in your life, and the gift of Jesus Christ that we celebrate this season. Have a great week, everyone. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain